the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills, now to one aficionados. Welcome to Nato to one so a journey through the history of Beverly Hills, now to 2-0. I'm JT. Joining me, as always, is my good buddy, Tim. Tim, how are you? Pretty good, JT. We got sort of a milestone here. Uh, with 50 episodes behind us, we have the last year of the high school era. Senior year for these guys, class of 93. We weren't sure if we'd get here, but... We are, and oh, things are heating up uh, right out of the gate. We're back to another summer season at the Beach Club, mm-hmm. and we got a lot of enjoyment out of that little, I, I, I almost think of those as like a mini season onto themselves, those first yes. seven or so episodes there during the summer, and um, yeah, it looks like going to stay true to form here in season three. Agreed. I mean, it's always exciting to start a new season. Of course, our last episode, we wrapped up season two. It was a big episode with the wedding and Dylan and Brenda. And, of course, we're going to get uh, allotted to, to that relationship in this episode tonight. Um, but, yeah, season two ended on May 7th, 1992. Uh, and this season premiered on July 15th, 1992. So we are, you know, just a mere two weeks away from uh, when yeah. when uh, in between these episodes. And uh, in that gap, there's a, a big historical um, debut as well. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let's bring in our guest first. Uh, he is a, a return guest. We've had him on here a few times before. And as I always do, let me see if he's uh, earned the Beverly Hills Now with Jack. I think it's only his fourth. We have not had that elusive fifth appearance yet from anyone. But that is uh, Mr. Sean Kitt. Sean, how are you? Hey, good evening, guys. Yes, uh, number four. And I actually take pride in this being a new season at the Beach Club because I believe two episodes ago when I was on was also the Beach Club debut. So I feel like that's kind of my thing now. I'm always on for the Beach Club episodes. So I like it. It's awesome. Well, you're known. You're known for being a beach lover. So Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I love the water and I'm a big beach yeah. guy. So obviously. Yeah. But I'm happy to be here. Digging right? those sneakers in the sand. That's you. Uh, I've cut out for a bit now, but yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to have you here as we're going to dig in uh, to season three. But before we get to that, Tim, uh, a week before this, on July 8th, 1992, uh, was a pretty big moment in this universe. You want to tell our fans what went down on that date? Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is where the 90210 universe, the spelling verse, if you will, got its first spinoff. So... Uh, we got to know the character uh, Jake Hansen, a age-inappropriate love interest for, for <laughs> Kelly in our last two episodes of, of season two. Well, guess what? Uh, we would continue to follow the exploits of Jake Hansen, um, as played by Grant, the whole fucking show, onto uh, this new series known as Melrose Place. Mm-hmm. Debuted on July 8th, 1992. I, I wasn't sure at first if this... Uh, if, if Melrose Place aired on actually the, the same night as this uh, season three premiere of 90210, but actually does precede it by a week. 
um, appropriately enough because Jenny Garth does guest star in that pilot to uh, just continue her storyline with Jake. And they sort of, at this point, they have to address the age inappropriateness of that mm-hmm. relationship. Like that kind of becomes the thing with them. And uh, for folks who haven't seen Melrose Place, wonder what that's like. Well, the titular setting is an apartment complex in L.A. And the show at first, in its first season, was basically like Friends, but if it wasn't a comedy. If it was just (laughs) a straight kind of drama. And, And it does like... It's similar to the first season of 90210 in that it's a like a lot of morality plays and just mm-hmm. pretty lame subplots, to be honest, for about the first 15 episodes, which is a lot. But that's that's how these shows go back then, right? And then that second half of the season, Melrose Place, season one, things really start heating up with the addition of some new characters uh, some characters and actors that folks, if they are familiar with the series, would probably be more familiar with. Um, real fast moving show. Um, it uh, it doesn't have really any degree of crossover with Beverly Hills 90210 beyond mm-hmm. the first two episodes, really. Um, again, Jenny Garth is in that pilot. Um, you've got her plus... Ian Ziering, Brian Austin Green uh, in the second episode as well. I want to say Tori Spelling was also in it. She might not have been. But um, yeah, and at this point, uh, the the shows will be airing back-to-back on the same night. Um, Beverly Hills 90210, you'll recall, was a Thursday show. has been a Thursday show up to this point. It has now switched to Wednesday nights at 8 followed by Melrose Place at 9. So big one-two punch of spelling television there in uh, this 1992-93 to television season. You know, it's it's interesting you brought up, I'm sorry, JT, it's interesting you brought up like how Melrose kind of started off like soft, kind of like this show did. But I think like their epistle like shift was crazy Kimberly. I think that's the one that really sent the show off in a direction on that one. She, yeah, I... She wasn't crazy in the first season. I'll put it that way. That's that's what people think of as like Melrose Place proper. Because that was like the real shocker episode that like got everybody. Going that was the shocker right? episode. Yeah. But they did get a little more tawdry again, even in that first season, because they do bring in Heather Locklear, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, towards the end, we also get. Um, I mean. Yes, Marsha Cross does become more of a, a presence. She isn't crazy, but there's like a big adultery storyline that's mm-hmm. really gets hot and heavy, you know. Um, Daphne Zuniga comes in and replaces another character, and she's sort of um, this, you know, real kind of spitfire. So, just something that the show yeah. re- really needed to to heat things up. Yeah. But anyway, good show. Well, you can learn more about it when Tim finally starts his spinoff. Melro Noso, please. Melro Noso. We'll see. Someday. Someday. Uh, All right. Let's dive in here. Season three, episode one of Beverly Hills Now 2.0, the 51st episode overall of the show. Misery Loves Company, like we mentioned, July 15th, 1992. 16.7 million viewers. That is down about almost 5 million from the finale. 
Um, as we'll see, I think the show has peaked uh, viewers wise. I don't I don't know if we uh, <clears throat> ever hit the heights, the high heights that we had continuously. Uh, we do only have one episode this season, I believe, that goes over 20 million. And that's the finale. So it's uh, still a little bit of a here. It's it's not Dylan and the Horsewoman. That seems like, <laughs> no. it's like every episode. It's like, oh, 16 million. And then you're down 16 million. It's like every time you talk about that, it blows my mind because that's pretty damn good. It kills me. Oh, yeah. They're still doing. Yeah, it's, amazing. it's amazing. They're still doing really, really well for sure. Yeah. Um, but looking forward, there's only like another handful of times that they break 20 million. Um, but they did it. They did it consistently in the first couple seasons. I would say consistently, but actually not the first season. Season two, they did it a, a handful of times alone. So, um, but they don't they don't quite hit that anymore. They they settle really into like a fifteen to seventeen range with a couple of peaks at eighteen, nineteen, depending on the um, magnitude of the episode. But so this one, you know, again we talked about it. Like summer, as we'll see, the summer ratings are definitely not great, but still at a time where no other network is running first run programming for Fox to be pulling in, even at the low end, 13 million new viewers, like it's still really good. So it's incredible. It's a lot of buzz, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Well, and it does feel too, wrong. Fan base. Yeah. There's the built-in fan base too. It does feel wrong that like, even by the end of season two, the, the show is sort of peaked ratings wise, right? Given what we right. know is about to come. It, it seems like, they should still be on a steady build. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you told me this was the last season where they really had right. uh, their highest ratings, I could believe that. But to think on a regular basis, they really don't get there again. It's that's surprising. Well, you said they moved to Wednesdays, right? Yeah. Maybe that dinged them a little bit. So I don't know. Did anything right. Did anything like start to erode them at all? I mean, I, mean, I know. Yeah. You'd think, if anything, it'd be an easier night because, I mean, must-see Cos- Cosby, Cosby show on Thursday, right? I mean, yeah, Thursday yeah. had always been a heavy hitter for NBC, yeah. right? I mean... Well, I'm trying to look at when Seinfeld moves to Thursday. Mm. Um, so, it they move in season four, which I think would have been I like... Think... It might have been... I wonder if they're up against each other for what. So season four is 92, 93. They move. Uh, they start at Wednesdays for the beginning and then they move to Thursday. So that could have hurt it. Friends were, hasn't they, started yet. So no, but they, they, and they start on Thursday. Right. So what season we're in what 92 now? Yeah. So, I mean, and there may be a little correlation because when you look at some of these summer episodes, it's in like August ish when they dip. And Seinfeld, they, Seinfeld comes back at the end of August. So they might have got hurt by Seinfeld a little bit. Oh, I'd say Cosby Show. Cosby Show ended its uh, run the April April of 92. So it's like right after, like right before this. So, right, but that's that was Thursday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, so they've been on Wednesday the whole time, or they've been on Thursday? No, they were on Thursday, yeah. right? And they, yeah, they just moved saying. to Wednesday. So. Yeah, 902 yeah. was on Thursday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so they're up against Seinfeld for like, Four or five weeks before Seinfeld moves, but anyway, all right, let's dive in. No, very long preamble here tonight, but a lot to cover. Um, all right, we get a cold open where the empty hallways of West Bev High. Steve is standing; he's looking around. In comes Mrs. Teasley. Uh, says, "There's a problem. His grades don't look good. He's going to be held back for failing every course." 
Steve <laughs> says, I paid all my finals. And Mrs. Teasley says, well, we love having you here, Steve. And of course, Steve wakes up. He's just having a nightmare. We cut to the peach pit. Steve is telling Brandon about his dream. And he says, and this is, I think, my, is like one of my favorite lines of the series so far. Right out of the right out of the gate, we nail it. Can you imagine being a junior again? Which is just a great meta line. Um, mm. because of course they already spent the first two seasons of the show as juniors, and he's mm. he's digging at it right away by basically saying, Oh god, could you imagine if we had to do a third year of being juniors? <laughs> um so it works on multiple levels, right? And it's if you don't really know, it works, but if you know, it's a yeah. it's a cool little meta joke for sure. Great example uh, of the show poking fun at itself a little bit. I love too that they do it within like the first five five minutes of the season. It's like yeah, yeah. I, was gonna say, I, I love that they do that and jump right into the like intro. Like that was really yep. kind of a cool kickoff to this uh, season. I thought that was cool. very good, very well. Yeah, done. we don't get a lot of cold opens. At no, this point. I don't know if we're gonna get more of them, but we did not at this point. I don't think we had ever had I, any. I, yeah, I thought this was the first one, and I thought that was really yeah. neat. I don't remember that ever happening before. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, Brandon says they made it. The seniors. But first, we have two months of glorious freedom. They talk about their summer plans, going to the beach, picking up half-naked, lonely chicks with tan lines, mm. and having some hot summer fun. And then we get our opening uh, from there. So, yes, like I said, cold, pure cold open. <laughs> we go to Casa Walsh. Kelly and Donna uh, are there. And Cindy says Brenda is miserable. Jim comes in and chats them up. Kelly says Jackie is very big right now, uh, of course, on the verge of uh, having this baby. Brenda comes down and the girls head off to shop to, for bikinis. Jim feels bad, so he gives Brenda his credit card to help change his image a little bit. Brenda's still sullen as she leaves. Uh, we then cut. They're in Kelly's convertible. Brenda says, thanks for saving me. And, you know, they basically say, listen, we can't do this scheme all summer. It's not going to work. So they drop her off. Dylan is waiting on the side of the road. So there is no bikini shopping. This is all just a ruse to get Brenda off to Dylan. Kelly makes a joke. That Brenda looks sneaky. And Donna says, well, Kelly, you've been sneaking around with Jake for weeks. And I've been covering for both of you. So there's our Jake drop. Kelly says, Brenda will have to figure out a new cover plan because Kelly and Donna are heading to Europe soon. We'll find out. Donna tells Brenda to be back at 6 p.m. so we can make the swap and head home. And everyone heads off. We stay with Kelly and Donna. She says they can't. she can't wait to head to Paris. She needs to escape Brenda and Dylan and Jackie and Mel and the baby. And she wants to make Jake miss her. So maybe he'll be more interested. Donna seems a little hesitant about going. Kelly says Donna's the one that came up with this idea. And Donna says, well, maybe if I stick around, my parents will stay together. And Kelly says, whatever happens to them is going to happen, whether you're here or not, basically. Uh, all right, Sean, what do you think of this first couple scenes? Uh, what do you think of this plan that D Dylan and Brenda have going on here um, to still see each other around Jim and Cindy's back? Boy, there, there's and a lot Kelly, going on. Kelly, and what do you think of Kelly? Seems a little done with with Brenda Dillon as well. You know, I, we, okay. So, like, just kind of break the wall a little bit. We were talking a little bit before we started recording um, on the Brenda stuff. Like, I've hit that wall. This is kind of officially in my watch, fifty-one episodes in, where I officially have hit, hit the wall on Brenda and how I feel about her because she's she's a liar, she's deceiving, she's whiny. Uh, even her friends are done with her, so that should kind of open it up for you a little bit. Um, I will say there's a couple of choice like outfits in this show tonight. One of them is Cindy's flower shirt that she is wearing in this whole kitchen <laughs> conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll refer to the other two later on. Uh, Jim trying to buy his daughter's love with his Amex. I mean, is there anything more 90210 than oh, trying yeah. to buy a daughter's love with your like money? Uh, and then and this is where, like, again, going back to our pre show combo about Dylan. Yes, I think Jim with Dylan has not been fair, but then. 
Dylan kind of poking the bear a little bit, knowing what they're doing is wrong, does it anyway? A little bit. Helping it. Yeah, I know, well, I know you do. But I probably like well, no, I, I I agree with that. I but again, to to what you're referencing is that he he definitely seems um, hesitant on all this. Like he does not really want to be doing this. He's doing it because he wants to see Brenda, and he knows Brenda wants to see him, and it's their only chance. But it's clear that he's like also, uh, both through his words and his facial expressions all yes. through this episode. That he's done with this shit too. Like he's like, 100%. I am a grown ass man. I have my own house. Like I, I don't need to live by your parents' code, and you Dude. don't need to anymore either. You're gonna be eighteen. Like what are we doing? And, and he's clearly frustrated. But, but what I realized in all this is, as much as I'm like, Dylan being kind of a dick. This is the Dylan I love, and this kind of cements right. Dylan for the rest of it. I love his character, but I also love the dynamic between him and Jim. As we'll talk about it, that. I think both of them are just fantastic, but I'll, I'll mm -hmm. digress. Go to Tim. <laughs> well, and the, and before we get to Tim, like the other thing is too with um that I love about this and Tim, I think we covered this in the last episode a little bit, is just how much they are really sowing the seeds for what's going to happen over the next like ten episodes or so. Um, I'm not going to say that justifies it, but that puts you a little bit more in Dylan's shoes to understand. Like what? Like, cause for so long he's obsessed with Brenda, right? They're in love, they're happy, and all this other stuff. But you yeah. can see why he started to get frustrated, right? And you can see mm -hmm. why he's starting to kind of lose um, steam with this whole thing. It is more because of Brenda's reliance and conformity and inability to stand up to her parents. And when she does go against them, it's done in a way that is not conducive to to him being in a good place with them. Yeah, right. Because he's. He's he's stuck with them one way or another financially. Well, as we're going to see later, but um, I don't know. I feel like that, that's enough of a conflict of interest that you know somebody picks up the phone and calls Iris and says, "Uh, we gotta we gotta make some new arrangements here." But um, in any case, I yeah, and, and to the point about Brenda's friends also being a little bit done with this, Kelly in particular they've got to be looking at this relationship by now and going, Hey, you know, as much as we like Dylan and we want to see you happy, we're in high school. The reality is you, you date, you go out, you go steady, you break up, you get back together, you break up again. But you guys with, what is it with you guys? That you can't seem to just move on from one another. Like after all the shit, just, just be done. Just let it go. See other right. people. Right, you're uh, young. Her senior year, like, even if you do find yourselves drifting back together, fine. Why, why, why all the bullshit, all the smoke and mirror, all the subterfuge? Why you've got to enlist us in your secret plans where we end mm -hmm. up getting caught and getting punished by our parents? So I could, I could see them being a little resentful of this and just being over it by now. And it's like, you're losing a lot of goodwill with, with your friends yeah. over this, Brenda. And it's like, like a sense of entitlement, right? That she's like, yeah, uh -huh. you're my friends. You're going to help me. And mm -hmm. we saw this boil over in our last episode already where we did. Yeah. they they fought at the, at the rehearsal, right? Because Kelly's basically like, there's more to life than you and fucking Dylan for all of us. Like, mm -hmm. he yeah. may be the center of your world, but we're done with you guys being the center of our world, right? That's all Brenda talks yeah. about. That's all she wants to worry about. Now they're in the middle of all this and 
and I was actually surprised that they're helping her again because, you know, Cindy was really upset that they were in on it last time with the Mexico thing. Remember how how yeah, yeah. she said like she oh they made me look those... stupid basically. Mm-hmm. You know how dumb I look with Kelly and, and Donna working me over with the the fake story, and here they are helping her again. I mean, so they they are being yeah. good friends, but at the end of the day, they're like, listen, like you already ha- we already embarrassed your mom. You know, we got our own stuff to worry keep about. Covering for you, yeah, right. Well, well, and JT, you brought up a good point about Kelly saying, well, it's not all about you because she had her own bullshit going on with Jake, right? So yeah, it makes total sense that she'd be absolutely done because, I mean, she's got, you know, cradle robber, cradle robber Jake uh, trying to get with her. So she's got her own issues <laughs> mm-hmm. going on. But anyway. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're at the pit. Knack gives Brandon his final paycheck for the year. He said it works out because he would have had a cup brand in summer hours anyway. Brandon goes back. He's a little bit sad about his payoff. He shows Steve, and Steve's basically shocked at how little Brandon makes. He says it's pathetic. It's pizza money. Uh, Brandon says Steve is spoiled. Uh, he could basically calls him a yuppie scum. Uh, Steve says he's privileged, and he could get a job if he wanted to, but he doesn't need to. Brandon roasts him, basically says, oh, yeah, sure, just keep living off of mommy. And he bets his paycheck that Steve cannot get and keep a job for one week. We cut to the front of the peach pit. Steve is asking Nat for a job. Nat's laughing. He's like, what, what's going on? Why are you fucking with me? And Steve says he's serious. He's going to apply. Nat says, look, it's only part-time, right? Because I can't afford a full-time for the summer because everyone's not here. Uh, so Brandon's giving up his full-time. We just need someone to take half of that. And Steve says he can start a week from Monday. And Nat says, nope. How about tonight? We go to uh, uh, the beach where Brendan and Dylan are having a picnic. Dylan says he's going to go see Jim tomorrow. He wants to get a new trustee for his money. Brenda says this plan is working great. Why are we going to rock the boat? But Dylan doesn't agree. Basically, this plan is dog shit. And when uh, your friends are in Europe, what are we going to do? Like, who's going to drive you to see me and all this other shit? Brenda says she'll come up with something. But Dylan says his name can't even be mentioned. And Jim should not have control over his money and his life. Brenda says she thought it was special that Jim looked out for him as part of the family. But Dylan says he made it clear that Dylan will never be part of the family. Brenda says she wishes they were going to Paris. And Dylan says they went. he went to Europe every summer, first class, when he was a kid. Brenda says, yeah, we used to just go to Lake Minnetonka. Dylan says he would take Brenda to Europe if he could. And they kiss on the beach. Brandon yeah. arrives at the beach club. He goes to greet our old friend, Henry Thomas. He's back for another year. Uh, he's reporting for duty. Henry's watching Young and the Restless, of course. Uh, they take a walk by the water. And they say, let's go chat before business picks up. Henry says they're lucky guys. They get to spend their summers at the beach. But things will be different this year. Brandon says they heard they can have a real summer camp. And Henry says Brandon doesn't know much about him or his life, but he used to work at the Crenshaw YMCA as a program director and come here for the summer. Last year at age 40, he decided to take a shot and go for it. Him and his brother-in-law took out mortgages in their houses, took a loan, and opened a sporting goods store. Things are going great until it went up in smoke due to looters and fires and the riots. And Henry says the hardest part was watching his hometown burn. And no one is innocent. They've all been hurt. Henry then notices Brendan and Dylan, and Brandon runs over to them. Brandon calls them Romeo and Juliet and busts them up. Says, Brendan never learns. And Brendan says, you're not my warden. Brandon says he's not going to be an accomplice anymore. Brandon walks away. Dylan goes over and says his parents are treating him like a pariah, and he wants to know what he did. Brandon says, Dylan scares them. They're taking their little girl away. Dylan says that they would let him in. He wouldn't have to take her away, which is a good point. And Brandon says, no judgment. But he can't help. All right, Tim. What do you think of all this? A lot going on, <clears throat> including Henry uh, 
shoehorning this random story about his background. I'm sure we'll have more I, all of it in the future, yeah. but this, it doesn't go anywhere else this episode. Well, yeah, you're right. And it feels sort of out of place until uh, hearing you describe it sort of in the midst of everything else that was going on and some of these other little um, character arcs that, that we're beginning to explore. I feel like this this segment in particular is the show kind of leaning into its classism um, in, in ways that haven't that it hasn't often emphasized where it's like, yeah, okay, we get that it's a, a setting and, you know, hyper rich Beverly Hills neighborhood and the Walshes are like the fish out of water. But now three seasons in uh, that premise, you know, gets a little bit stale. So we see like early in the episode, Jim, I feel like kind of is flexing a little bit, just handing over the Amex to Brenda. Like he's not, He's not a high roller in the way that like a, you know, a Dylan or, or um, Kelly's family and some of these, these richer, David, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, these richer families are, but it, he's kind of feeling himself, I think. And I think he's making um, pretty decent money now having, you know, been through a few promotions probably at this point. Even though the um, mall deal fell through. Even though the mall deal fell through. I feel like though. um, he he was you know uh, he was not the scapegoat for that or anything. So if anything, um, I think he looked good coming out of that, uh, perhaps. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of like yeah, I got a little bit of money now. I'm, I'm relaxing, you know. And, and we're gonna see another uh, something else with the Walshes coming up pretty soon mm-hmm. in this very episode um, that emphasizes they're enjoying the the finer things in life a little bit. Uh, and you know, meanwhile, you've got Steve, uh, kind of being put in his place by Brandon. And now he's feeling a little bit self-conscious and going, Hey, you know, you're not so much better than me because you're this like blue collar working class guy. I can do a poverty cosplay too. watch me get a job. Um, which I don't know how seriously we're supposed to take it. We'll see how that comes about. Dylan, meanwhile, talking about all the vacations he took to Europe as a fucking child, which Brenda can only dream of, um, mm-hmm. you know, passing up this, this, I guess, once in a lifetime opportunity, she feels like for uh, you know, Donna and Kelly are going to be doing that. Um, so we get our reintroduction to Henry Thomas. Welcome back to the show. Um, we have missed him, liked him a lot. And he's basically like, I put it all on the line for this very modest dream, right? Where he's talking about he had to take out a second mortgage, get a loan on top of that, just just to or just to open a store with what did he say, his brother-in-law or yeah, yeah, some family member, uh, you know, mom and pop basically, right, and then yeah. lost everything, right? And I believe he's alluding to the. The riots, the riots yeah. after yeah Rodney King, and so in and, no and it time, feels too like they're they're trying to be timely with that, right? Like yeah, all right, because yeah. those that was like what April, I think. So I think they're I trying think so. to lean into that, and they're and you know, you reference that they're kind of referencing their own class wars, mm-hmm. but they're also referencing um, as well their location right because like yeah they almost have a duty there's a world outside of yeah right they're in southern la and Mm -hmm. during the rot like they have to at least 
tie them in somewhat to be realistic to the time and location because it would be a, a big topic for that. I mean, it's it's right down the street, right? So, yeah, yeah. I think maybe like all these rich characters, it could get perhaps just hearing about their life experiences can get a little distasteful to viewers if it's if they overdo it. And this is like having a character who kind of brings it back down to earth a little bit. You know, let's let's ground it somewhat. Yeah, it's still a fantasy setting, basically, that we're presenting in a, in a lifestyle that's very aspirational for the audience that's tuning in. But here is someone who is a bit more, shall we say, salt of the earth and is going to have a grounding influence on, on some of these guys. And I, I think that's why maybe that, story comes up and it's in there and it just does tell us a little bit more about his character who we you know we haven't really gotten anything on on his background other than mm -hmm. he's the guy who runs the beverly hills beach club and likes the, the young and the restless <laughs> so um i don't know i appreciated that that little detail um i don't know if sean would would share my opinion but um what do you think of henry thomas sean so I like Henry Thomas, and I like him, you know, being back. I like the kind of throwback to him watching Young and the Restless, because I vividly remember that, which is great, from uh, when I was on a few episodes ago. Uh, the, I guess the riots, that's a reference to the Rodney King stuff, I assume, right? Based yes, on the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I I was kind of like you guys. I said, okay, that was pretty random, but maybe that's something that'll play in as the season goes on. But I've always liked that character. I think he's a really good character. Um you know, kind of heartbreaking though that he lost everything. So hopefully that leads to something yeah. down the line, or maybe that was just a reference for them to be timely. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Steve doing the job, getting the job, and then making a bet. Um, listen, here's here's something I will tell you, as someone that might have maybe a little bit of knowledge around the restaurant industry. You never let staff go in summer. Summer is your busy time, by the way. I don't Not care at the beach pit. Not well, at the beach. No, people aren't eating in town. You understand? Okay. That's been that's been oh, set. Oh, that was bad. set up last. Okay. That was set up I, last I, summer. I, I, I'm calling bullshit on this. Um, <laughs> we did too. We did questioning too. that. I know. I know. Yes, I am. When it comes to mayonnaise, you can't be too specific. Listen, I'm also question. I'm also questioning that. Uh, let Brandon leave every fucking summer to go work at the beach at the beach club. I'd be like, peace out. Don't come back. I mean, that's just how he's like works. a son to him. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know, you got a better job. I guess I'm good enough when the, the beach club's not open. You know, I don't know. You just, I think they just treat that like crap. And then for Brandon to make a bet, I don't know. I just think they treat that badly and all that. But that's also me being a, an old man that's very angry and bitter sometimes, I guess. Um, sometimes. Some, maybe a lot of the time. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, you know, here's the thing. And again, I'm going to go back to it. For Dylan to, to say... I don't know what I did. I still, in my mind, can't rationalize how he doesn't know what he did, at least in Jim's view. That's right. where I struggle a little bit in this. I get what you're saying 100%. You know, Jim didn't give him the chance he should have, blah, 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 because Brenda really instigated the whole thing. But for Dylan at this moment in time to still be sneaking behind the back and still not say, oh, what did I do? I don't know. I just think that's kind of, I don't, I struggle with that one a little bit. And I just think that's him being a dick a little bit, which is okay. But, um, he should really fully understand why Jim feels the way he does at this point and move on and try to do something about it versus not taking any accountability for it. So that's where I stand on. Right now, I mean, but I think the other thing you got to factor in, Sean, maybe this is the old man in you. Dylan, like, even though he comes off as more mature, he's a 17-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Like, like at some point, you're going to factor that in, too. Like, Jim is a, a grown-ass man with a lot of life experience. Like, you know, and he's basically going toe-to-toe -to -toe with a 17-year-old. 
So I get that Dylan's a little bit more advanced, but at the end of the day, this is still a kid with a bunch of daddy issues. That's just looking for a dude that cares. Like that's my big problem with it all. No, like, JT, I agree with you, but I go back to thinking about when I was when I was that age, right? So if I had taken somebody's daughter to Mexico, whether they knew or not, you come back and you find out they didn't know about it. Yeah, well, I am too. I mean, I might have. You just don't know about it. But at any rate, you come back and you realize that they didn't know, but you still continue to do this stuff behind the back. I don't, I mean, I didn't think at 17, you realize that's not a good choice. Yeah, but again, I feel like he's doing it. It's such a weird misguided thing, right? I mean, like anyone with a girlfriend that he's really into, he's just trying to make her happy, right? So at the end of the day, he knows this is what Brenda wants. She's the one really, at this point, like he's either going to have to tell her we're not going to see each other, which he basically does soon, does. or like we something's got to change. So this isn't like it's his scheme. Like he's going with it, but he is clearly uncomfortable with it this entire time. All right, well. Again, we'll agree to disagree a little bit, but we'll see how it plays out the rest of the I time. think if he was spearheading the idea, like pushing her to do this, it's, it, I'd agree with you. But he's clearly, she's driving the car on this. And she has been since she made the call to go to Mexico and not tell him that her parents didn't know. She, To me, she is the the crux of all of their issues. Is her not just accepting her punishment. One of two things. Not either not accepting the Mexico punishment and not going and just you know, short-term pain for long-term gain, right? Like that's one. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind or, of for me. Or do what Dylan said and just fucking stand up to him directly and say, I'm going. And then at least they know where she was, that she went, that they're not sneaking behind her back. Like then at that point it becomes a defiance, but at least like she's being in, in out in front with it. So I think well, her not taking one of those paths and taking the worst choice <clears throat> really set them up to be destroyed. Well, to your point, hence why everybody's about done with her bullshit. So that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah. Exactly. I also, as, as far as Jim and like it, it feels a little bit irrational for him to going be going toe to toe with again this seventeen year old. You have to keep in mind that Jim's last interaction with Dylan was at the wedding when he. Mm -hmm once again, seemed to be trying to mend fences, which right. Brenda put him up to, even though it probably wasn't the right place or right time. No, definitely not. He, he was going to extend the olive branch, and Dylan basically all but slapped him in the face, right? And started really acting um, in an aggressive manner. And then, Got drunk, mm -hmm. threw his glass up against well, the Well, yeah, yeah. beats off in the middle of the, the reception. Yeah. Right. Drunk, possibly not drunk. We don't know. But <laughs> left Jim standing there like, what the hell just happened? And if anything, he's probably thinking, all right, we know this guy has a substance abuse problem, right? That for the most part, he's kept in check. But I don't know what happened tonight. He might have slipped. I'm not sure. But he's also got, you know, this checkered past, at least in Jim's eyes, right? Because he's always sort of, Mm -hmm. He's always sort of viewed Dylan through like the lens of his father's a convict, you know, even though that shouldn't be a reflection on Dylan. It, it right. sort of is for Jim. And now he's like, I think that just sent him into super overprotective daddy mode. Essentially. Right. But I think that's what bothers me is that he has indirectly accepted a role of yeah. a yeah. de facto father for Dylan McKay. And he has. 
he's he's and maybe he was nudged by Cindy. Maybe he's nudged by Brennan Brandon, but he has taken that responsibility on, and he is now making a choice to basically mm-hmm. do. And for all the shit talking he does about Dylan's dad, he is no better than him in this moment. He is doing the same <laughs> fucking thing to this kid. He is. He's basically shutting him out at a time where he is a, completely alone. He knows he's alone. He knows this is likely to maybe cause him to, you know, slip up and drink. Like, again, mm-hmm. it's fine if you don't really care, but he has taken on a role where this kid who has no true father figure has obviously fallen in love with the idea of being in a normal family because he said it multiple times before. And now you're kicking him out. So it's like, instead of treating him like your own kid and maybe punishing him, but doing it in a way that's not going to drive him out, uh, you know, and do it in a, in a, in a more of a caring way, right? Bring them in the home, bring them in and say, okay, you guys are in trouble. I'm not going to ban you. But for now on, if you're going to see each other, you're going to, it's going to be in our living room and you're going to watch a movie and have dinner mm-hmm. until we figure things like that to me could have been a way to go about it. Right. Like watch them more versus uh, shutting them out after you've uh, already I, taken I, on a role of, of I think interest. It down to, listen, Brendan's his actual kid. Right. So if you see her getting out of control, what's different? Dylan's there. That's what I'm trying to say. I think Jim, I think you make a lot of great points about how he's doing, putting how he's treating Dylan. But I think ultimately it goes back to Dylan is not his son, and she is. And by the way, we, the other thing we talked about pre-pod is he also almost got her pregnant. So you got to think about all hmm. these things going on in his head about a father and what he's the right thing to do in his mind is. I don't disagree with how you say about how he's treating them, but I also think you're, in my mind I'd be thinking about all this other stuff that has happened too. That's all I'm saying. No, I in don't terms of, I, yeah. yeah, and in terms of the responsibility that, that he's taken on for Dylan directly or, or not, I think in Jim's mind, he has an answer for that. It's not the right answer, as we're going to see later in the episode. But I think he's sort of – he's squared that because it's like, okay, no, I'm, I'm still going to continue uh, in this fiduciary capacity, basically, and that's going to be my way of – looking out for Dylan, even though that's not what Dylan needs or well, and that's how Jim is portraying truly going to benefit him. I think that's how Jim has squared it in his mind of here's how I'm fulfilling that responsibility that I took on. Yeah. But he's not like portraying it that way. No, but I, I think in his head, I mean, look, this is a character, but if we're trying to (laughs) rationalize all this, um, (laughs) I I think he can, (laughs) you know what I mean? I, I, I think that he's like, He's the type of person who who would be like, well, yeah, I do have this responsibility, and and this is how I'm I'm going to make right. sure I'm I'm not shirking that, you know, yeah. even though it, it's not it's not the right answer and it it's not going to work. He's convinced himself of it. Yeah, I just think he's not he's not understanding the impact he's had on this kid's life, and he could have no, made a choice to, to continue he's to not. save him. Um, even though yes, he's made mistakes, but. At the end of the day, they basically stepped up when Iris left or whatever else. They stepped up to, to yeah. take this kid in, and now he's throwing his back on him. And it's, of course, a 17-year-old kid who's already been rejected yeah. once by another dad is going to turn – is going to sour on the whole thing, right? When he's, you're getting he's rejected told himself again. He's, yeah, he's told himself he's still doing the right thing, but he really – he's not by right. Dylan. All right. Don and Kelly are waiting on Brenda. Don is getting antsy. Dylan rolls up him and Brenda talk and Dylan basically says maybe for tomorrow. He's tired of sneaking around. Brenda says the other choice is not to see each other. And she says, I'll call you tonight when my parents are asleep. 
So again, Dylan is clearly at the end of his rope with this shit. Uh, we go to dinner at Casa Walsh. Brenda's pissy. Brandon trolls her. He's trying to bait her. Uh, Jim tells her to stop moping. She needs to snap out of it. And Brenda says she won't stop until she can see Dylan. Jim says it's a closed book. And Brenda glares at Brandon. We go to the Peach Pit. Donna's with David. He's still trying try to find any excuse she can not to go to Europe. Uh, she even says she has a bad passport picture. In comes Steve to take the order. Don and David are in shock at him in this uh, Peach Pit outfit. They're chuckling. David says to have Nat sew his name on the shirt so it's official. Steve tells him about the bet. And David says, you know, I don't like that Nat doesn't know. Like, you guys are kind of, you know, you're using Nat for this mm -hmm. bet. You don't really interested in the job. Steve says he thought it wasn't supposed to be busy. But Nat says, hey, well, things are hopping. I guess I was wrong. Brandon comes in. He busts People up. People are Steve. eating in town after all. They are. <laughs> Maybe it's been a little chilly out or something. Uh, Brandon comes in. He busts up Steve, who's serving tables. He screws up an order. The customer gets really pissed at him. Uh, Brandon comes over and helps out Steve. He's cracking jokes. Uh, we go to Jim's office. Dylan is waiting while Jim is talking on the phone with someone named Bob. Uh, he finally, you know, he's obviously making Dylan wait a little bit. He's acting a little smarmy. Jim gives Dylan his weekly allowance. Says he didn't get to mail it this week, so I'll give it to him in person. Jim asks Dylan how school went. Dylan's basically like, fuck you. This is basically uh, Richie getting out of jail when the Beansy offers him the chicken parm. Chicken parm, fuck you. Uh, this is basically Dylan right here. You don't want to be my dad. Well, fuck <laughs> off. Don't ask me about school. Um, Jim says Dylan should start thinking about college. He's got the money to go wherever he needs. He just needs the grades. Dylan says, where and if he goes to college, will be no, none of Jim's business. And Jim says, as trustee, your well-being is my interest. Dylan says, Jim may think he can control Brenda and maybe believe he even is, but he can't control Dylan. Dylan says he wants a new trustee. Jim says he'd be happy to do that, but he made a commitment to Iris. And unless she changes her mind, this is what it is. Jim says his mom wanted consistency in Dylan's life. And Dylan says, you're supposed to be that consistency. Jim says when Dylan turns 21, he can take the money and do whatever he wants. He can flush it down the toilet. But until Dylan, uh, until then, Dylan is stuck with him, whether either of them like it. Dylan tells Jim to never ask him how school is going again and walks off. We go to Casa Walsh. Jim is bitching about Dylan to Cindy. Says, uh, he says he should have charged him with kidnapping from Mexico, and he should be sharing a cell with his dad. Cindy says Brenda's miserable. They should reconsider. Jim says they agreed that Dylan is not good for her and they have to stick together. All right. Uh, Tim, any thoughts on those few scenes there? Including, the Yeah, I mean, this is just what I was... Yeah, that's that's basically just what I was alluding to. Um, I, I think this is Jim's way of being like, well, I am still, you know, looking out for Dylan. I am still the um, positive male role model in his life that, that he's lacking because... You know, here I am. It's not just about the money. I'm asking him about school or we're, we're trying to have a conversation. I know he's being very, like, petulant about it. But, again, mm -hmm. I think in his head, this is his way or his defense against anyone who would accuse him of, quote, unquote, cutting Dylan off, right? He's like, no, I'm still doing a lot for this fucking kid, right? Like, that's that's what he wants to be able to say when – I know he fires back with that line. Oh, I want to get out of this just as much as you want me right. out of the picture. And I don't think that's really true. Um, I just, I, just, it, that doesn't feel like Jim. I think that's just something he was saying. And he was hoping mm -hmm. maybe they could let bygones be bygones in this little meeting and, you know, keep it strictly business. I don't know, but 
Dylan is obviously not very civil uh, towards his financial manager, and uh, it puts them in an awkward situation still. So we have not made any progress here in smoothing things over uh, mm-hmm. in their relationship. I mean, because as far as as far as Jim knows at this point, Dylan has been out of the picture, Brenda wise, you know. So it's kind of like maybe he's cooled off by now. Maybe he's moved on. Hopefully he's seeing somebody else by now. I don't know, but obviously not the case. Um, so yeah, like I think this was a this was an idea maybe Jim had in his head that just totally backfired in practice. So um, here again, we're just we are continuing to dig that hole when it comes to these two and and what's left of their relationship. And I thought that 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 lady was irrationally bitchy about um, not getting. She was really nasty, meal. very nasty. She was like a bit because yeah. I mean, it's one thing they come by. Oh, that's not that's somebody else's order, right? Big deal. She she goes right to I want my food and I want it now. It's like, yeah, yeah right. she is nasty. God damn. Yeah. Maybe they've been waiting uh, an exceptionally long time. Well, welcome to the restaurant. Video. Welcome to the restaurant industry, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I want my food and I want it now. Yeah, that's the first I've heard that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I've got. All right, so on my end, uh, there's a lot here. So Brand, I, I really like Brandon when they were at the table, kind of needling Brenda. I thought that was really mm-hmm. good because that's what brothers do. Amazing. Uh, well, so- and he's also aggravated because she's used yes. him now a couple times too. And he's another one that's now complicit in this bullshit uh, from Mexico and now this, just like Kelly and Donna. Yeah, he he's keeps tired getting of her dragged bullshit. in. You know, and, and did, you know, you got the Dylan piece of it too for him, right? It's like one of his best friends. Mm-hmm. And he's basically being baited and used by both of them. Yep. And here's the second uh, fashion statement of the night. Donna, uh, so we talked about Cindy's uh, flowers earlier. Donna is now wearing a flower dress. And I just don't know what's going on with some of these fashion choices tonight. There's one more tonight that really takes me out. Uh, I do enjoy David giving Steve shit uh, for working at the pit uh, and also shitting on them for not treating that right. Because I brought that up earlier. Uh, Jim, like... Like, you can't come up with a better line than school go well. Like, you knew that was going to, like, instantaneously. Right. That was almost like poking a bear. And he's really trying to keep it business only. And I love it. Dylan basically just basically says, fuck yourself. Um, the, heat between, the, between, the heat between these two is amazing. Um, and then there's one more comment. I don't know if you said it or not, that Jim made when he was uh, in bed with Sydney. Uh, he, he brought up that we should have had him get, brought up on kidnapping charges. And he made a comment about he should be going to jail with his dad. And that right, right scared there, was, dad, yeah. that was just like savage. And at this point, here's where my narrative shifts a little bit on Jim's being a real dick at this point. So I've gone back to, mm-hmm. yeah, Dylan's wrong, but now Jim's not helping his own cause and how he's coming across with this stuff. So that's where I'm at now. It's like, keeps going back and forth for me. But I love this feud. This feud's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it, it was a low blow for a kid. Yeah. Who has, I mean, again, like Tim said, and Dylan in no way should be paying for the crimes of his dad. Like, Nothing to do with any of that. I mean, this is just a kid. Um, yeah, had no idea, nothing. So, like, to, to joke that he should be in jail with his dad is like super low blow. Um, and Cindy basically calls him out on it. It's a it's a bad look. <laughs> uh, all right, we go to the beach club. We get a montage. All the guests coming and going using the facilities. Brandon visits with Henry, who asks if he sees anything he likes. 
um, meaning any of the uh, the ladies, I guess. Brandon calls out the ladies he is into. Henry says they're not going to have time to sightsee at opening day, so get it in now. Andrea comes in. She's in uniform. And we find out, of course, that she's the head counselor at the kitty camp. Brandon is shook. Andrea, of course, clueless, says, hey, we can hang out all summer. And heads off. Brandon wants to know why Henry didn't warn him and says it's going to be a West Beverly reunion all summer. Henry says Andrea gave Brandon his reference, and because of that, he couldn't turn her down and says, what's the problem? And Brandon says, Andrea has always liked me, and now I'm going to be uh, stuck here spending my summer in guilt when I have to talk to other girls. And Henry's basically like, good, now you can focus on your fucking job then. Um, so we all win. <laughs> Brenda's in bed reading. Jim comes in and says he has a surprise that's going to cheer her up. And Cindy's packing the car. Brenda says she has plans with Kelly. She cannot change those plans. Uh, can they wait till tomorrow? And Jim sadly relents and walks off. Jim tells Cindy that Brenda won't be coming and didn't even care what the surprise was. Cindy says she's drifting off on an emotional iceberg. Jim says she's just being stubborn. And if she remains miserable, Jim will give in, but he is not going to. Jim says they need to forget about Brenda, forget about everything else. Let's go have some fun. And Cindy says Brandon is going to get a kick out of this surprise. So we go to the beach club. Henry has Brandon deliver champagne to a new couple in Cabana 33. Brandon arrives. And of course, it is Jim and Cindy, the new owners. They're all laughs, but Brandon is not thrilled. He then goes to bitch to Henry. He says, mom, my mommy and daddy are here uh, on top of Andrea. Any more great surprises for me? Um, Henry says, no, go help Mrs. Goldberg in the parking lot. Brandon heads out. Mrs. Goldberg's with her sons, Jason, Jeffrey, and Justin. Um, as he's helping her, he does notice Dylan's car in the parking lot, and he runs off. Brandon asks Kelly if she saw Brenda or Dylan. She says she invited them as guests, but Brandon smartens her up, says uh, the Walshes are here, and now they sprint off looking for Brenda. Cindy is scoping out the view. She's scanning the beach, and much like Bobby Eden finding Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania 7, the wrestling fans, <laughs> uh, happens to spot Brenda and Dylan making out in the shower from a distance, and she is rattled. Jim is swaggering around. He loves uh, this cabana. And Cindy says, let's get out of the sun. Let's go check out paddle tennis. And Jim says, no, they want to hang alone on the deck. Let's enjoy the view. And of course, now he spots Brenda and Dylan, and he is pissed. Jim then says, you tried to keep this from me from seeing this. Uh, and I guess the surprise is on us, uh, Sean. So before we get to... Uh, Brandon locating Brenda and, and filling her in. Um, what are your thoughts up until this point? This is uh, so poor Brandon. I mean, first, you have this girl that has basically stalked you and wanted to go out with you, and now your parents <laughs> yeah. are at the same place you work. Uh, th this is my uh, third fashion choice. Jim's shirt is the shirt of many colors, and it's all oh, clad. Yeah, uh, this shirt, yeah. it, this shirt is absolutely something. I mean, it's your typical, I guess. I guess country club dad kind of feel for the 90s, so I guess it makes sense, but it is one ugly shirt. Uh, what are the odds of, out of all the people on the beach, you're going to see your daughter basically mm -hmm. having almost sex under the shower on the beach? Like, what are the odds? Like, there's hundreds yeah. of people on this beach, and you just immediately get them. So, But again, I love the story narrative of it. Um, I love that Sydney, Sydney's trying to get that Jim to see it, and then Jim sees it. And now she's just as bad as the rest of them are for lying to him. You tried uh, to keep this from me. Yeah, you tried to keep it from me, right? Uh, but I would say one thing in that is, like, as a parent, and again, this is where I know I go back and forth on it. If you tell your daughter not to see a boy 
ever again, but she's constantly leaving the house, leaving whatever. Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smarten up there a little bit, Jim. I mean, anyway, so that's all I got to say about that. But a lot going on here, and it's about to freaking blow up. So, mm. Yes, it is. Uh, I will say that Brandon, despite claiming he would not um, cover for Brenda and her antics anymore, he didn't want to be caught in the middle. Um, and, and, you know, be playing this go-between. He does actually try to give her a heads up. Um, I mean, he he's not able to in time, but but he does right. go out of his way to do that, trying to be the, the good brother. Um, but he's not having a real good day on top of all this. No, with, uh, no, he isn't. <laughs> yeah. Andrea, his, uh, I mean, the, the will they, won't they, apparently we're back on uh, with them non-couple of the series uh who will not ever go out with him but will totally uh judge him up and down for whatever girl he is dating um he's not wrong about that so uh, yeah that's a real drag and now mommy and daddy are there and and the I, I, you know what if nothing else this show this episode is selling me on the the beverly hills cabana life i i want to join the beach club I want one of those cabanas. It doesn't have to be ground floor because to Jim's point, you do get a nice view of the ocean. I want to be served champagne by uh, Henry Thomas and, you know, just be wined and dined at this this beach club. And by your underage I'm, I'm son, by it. the way. You want champagne served by your underage son giving you alcohol. Oh, oh, is that, well, okay. Um, <laughs> we got another Jake Jake Kelly situation going Um so yeah, like, and this was inevitably going to blow up. I do think, it, yeah, it's it's a bit of a coincidence for Brenda and Dylan to get caught right away. But this is the show now embracing its. Uh, I shouldn't say now, but fully embracing the, the soapiness of it all, the soapy teen drama. Mm -hmm. where and these I love things, it. love it. I do too. <laughs> yeah, Don't get me wrong. It. I yeah. these are the things that just have to happen in order to repel. Uh, the plot and the drama along, and I am, I am all for it. I'm really glad she got busted right away, <laughs> and so blatantly. I mean, again, practically having sex under the shower uh, <laughs> while your parents look on. It's, that's a that's a visual for this series that uh, mm, it's gonna it's gonna stand out in my mind. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a little forced. I don't know if I can even come up with a way they could have done it that was less forced. I, I don't know. I guess right. I mean, no, there's, there's really, really, no, no, there's really not. I mean, that's really there's no <laughs> way around that for sure. I mean, I guess the thing is, is it's the beach club in theory is probably not that big. The beach is big, but hmm. the section of the cabanas and the showers and like the the bar, like that's probably all within like striking distance. So it's oh, probably not that right. crazy. Um, it's probably not like I don't think it's like a massive slice of the beach. This this part and is there a pool? Have we seen? Is there like a pool nearby that they would, in addition to the beach, that right. maybe they're sort of cloistered around? I mean, that's where you're getting like, or at least like almost... the volleyball. They do like that volleyball area, so you know it's all kind mm -hmm. of condensed. Mm -hmm. Well, to JT's point, it's probably more coincidence that her parents decided to join the club. That's probably more the story in that than it is being <laughs> up on the beach. Well, again, I think to yeah. Jim's, I mean to, to to Jim to Tim's point about Jim. Um, it seems like maybe they're, they're doing money. better financially and they want to be, yeah. you know, have a good summer. And a little bit is probably some guilt, right? They're probably thinking, all right, well, we've been hard asses, but, you know, if we do this, maybe 
Brenda will come to the beach and and shit, you know, be happier, right? They're delusional, right? They're thinking this could save her, and then Brandon will laugh, like think it's funny that they're there, but they're completely in, in denial. Well, and, yeah, he works there, and if if they're if they're ordering a lot of services, they can like over tip him, and you know, just the right. way that anytime somebody in the service industry, like mm-hmm. I've had friends who you know, I've worked in restaurants and they're like, oh, I love when my family comes in because I make right. mad tips off of them. Right. And um, maybe same idea here. Like, yeah, it's a little bit of a drag for Brandon, but still like he's going to be, he's going to make better money if he's mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting on his parents than on somebody else. All right. Well, Brandon's still searching. Uh, Donna says she saw them by the shower. Brandon runs into Andrea and the kids. Andrea, of course, stalls him, <laughs> stalls him up. She introduces him to all the kids. Yeah. Andrea tells Brandon that Brandon and Dylan are over by the bikes. And now we see them making out. Brandon runs over and tells them what's going on and says, you better get out of here. Brandon says he didn't say anything. Dylan offers to go talk to them with Brenda. Uh, but Brenda says they don't know uh, he's here as of now. Dylan says, all right, you call the shots. I'm done playing games. And he walks off. So he's really at it now. He's basically said, like, let's just get this over with. Let's go talk to them and tell them what's going on. And, and again, right, he's trying to, um, right, he's trying to just do the right thing and just not keep sneaking around, confront them, and let it be known mm-hmm. that this is how they're, they're doing this. Yeah, right? at this point, I see what you're saying from earlier. Now I totally get it. I see right. it right here. I get it. Yeah, yeah. He's basically uh, it's just be man to man and go talk to them. And she's the one that keeps yeah. wanting to hide, right? Because she's afraid mm-hmm. that she knows um, it's not going to go well. We tried the face to face thing, but he just keeps saying, "Well, you know, we can no longer keep doing this. We're going to get caught." And look at now, yeah. here we are. He's like, it's not about making things better at this point. It's just right. we can't be deceitful because it's going to backfire. We just We're have no get like, to stand on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, we're going to be in the wrong regardless if we're the ones who are not being upfront about this. At least if it's all out in the open, judge us if you will, but there are no secrets mm-hmm. being kept from anybody. So Brenda asked Brandon if they saw her. Brandon says she better have a good story and that he wouldn't be sneaking around or getting caught. But Brenda says if it was him, the tune would be different. Brandon says good luck and she heads off to the cabana. Of course, Brenda is uh, doing a terrible acting job. She's all smiles. Uh, hey, oh, I can't believe you're here. What are the odds? Cindy basically says, stop fucking lying. Jim mocks her, saying Kelly had plans. You got plans with Kelly or whatever. Jim says, whenever he sees them together, why does Dylan have his hands all over you? Which is true. Um, that says is she's true. been true. She's been feeding this misery routine and lying and sneaking around for months now. Jim says, I didn't raise you to be a liar. And Brenda starts to cry. Cindy says she's always been sympathetic for Dylan and for her, but this is deceitful and disregard. Jim says Dylan didn't have the guts to come up here, but Brenda says, no, he wanted to, but I wouldn't let him. Jim says he's going home and demands to Cindy, who's sitting stoic. This is the angriest we've ever really seen, Jim. He goes, I said, let's go to Cindy. Yes. Um, so uh, that got a little scary. Brenda <laughs> wants to talk, but Jim says no more talking. He starts berating her. Brenda storms off. Jim uh, follows her down, and now they're on like the main boardwalk here, mm-hmm. and people are, are watching them. And Brenda says, Jim has been wrong yes. for a long time about her and Dylan, uh, but he is right. They should not sneak around anymore, and she shouldn't have lied, and she's not going to anymore. She's in love with Dylan. He's the most important thing in the world to her, and she's going to see him whenever she wants. Jim says, if you walk away right now, things will never be the same with us. 
and Brenda mm. storms off. We go to the peach pit. Steve is uh, doing a terrible job, of course, pouring water, spilling everywhere. Uh, they're recapping to him what happened, saying everyone heard Mr. Walsh. Andrea says Brenda wanted to get caught. It was obvious. Brandon shows up. He smiles and cracking more jokes on Steve. Steve says the bet is his, and he trolls Brandon about Andrea Zuckerman. I love how he always says this so decisively. Andrea Zuckerman. Zuckerman. Uh, and, and his parents will now be over his shoulder at the beach club all summer. Brandon joins the crew, says he's afraid to go home. He hasn't seen Brenda. Andre asks Brandon what time he gets to work, and maybe he could give her a lift. And Steve says, hey, while you're at it, you could drive her home as well. Um, and Brandon's basically, don't you have to work? And Steve says he's on break. Uh, a guy named Jay Thurman, who, of course, uh, portrayed by Peter Krause of Parenthood and uh, Six, Feet Six Feet Under and other shows, shows up. So that, that was a cool little cameo. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve says the blaze hasn't been the same since Jay left West Bev. Andre says Jay was the editor. And he's at Northwestern now, working for CNN in the election unit as an intern. And he goes to all the big conventions. Kelly invites him to sit down, but him and Andrea go to see Batman Returns. Everyone tries <laughs> to figure out what's going on. And Brandon, as usual, uh, always wants rid of Andrea until she seems to be moving on from him. And then he gets jealous. So we see that a little bit. We go to Casa Walsh. Brenda's closet is cleaned out. The suitcases are gone. Jim says at least they know where she is. Cindy wants to call, but Jim says, I'm going over. Brenda shows up at Dylan. She has her stuff. She says, I can't live with them anymore. And we're not going to sneak around. If they don't approve her life, they don't have to watch her live it. And Dylan brings her in. All right, Tim. Uh, lots mm. going on here. Big confrontation with the Oof. cabana. Brenda's headed to yeah. Dylan's. Uh, Andre is dating Jay Thurman. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Jay Thurman. Shit. Uh, okay. So, uh, this blow up between... Uh, Jim and, and Brenda is, is amazing. I think it's mm -hmm. kind of the um the most intense acting we've probably seen from James Eckhouse so far in the series. I don't know. I'm, go back and forth between this and, and some of the stuff we saw in our, our season finale and and season two. Um Tim, I would probably call it anywhere. He's actually this is like intense stuff. I mean, he's tapping into yeah. something there, right? Yeah. Like this is a... He's going places that mm -hmm. have not often been asked of this character, let's say. Um, so this is, I mean, intense enough that it that it attracts an audience around them, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny watching this this uh, this man scream at his teenage daughter on the beach. Um, so yeah, that's uh, things are getting real heavy there. Uh, Brenda, I mean, taking the step of basically moving out now that this is all out in the open she's like all right fine i'm gonna fly the coop now um you said things are never gonna be the same between us i guess that's the bed you're gonna have to lie in that you've made here and ending up at dylan's you know as the episode closes uh we get the sense that um all is not necessarily well on Dylan's part here where he's kind of like he's supporting Brenda. Yes. And I, I think glad that she, she made the decision that she did to no longer, I mean, she got caught, but it's all out in the open. Now she did stand up to her parents as he's been encouraging her to do, but I'm not sure this is exactly what he had in mind. Right. Um, her showing up at his doorstep necessarily mm -hmm. 
And it's like, hmm, I don't know. This is well, though, I think he's probably a little okay with it because Ugh. it's at least that she knows or he knows, yes. right? She told them this time. True. So he's, yeah. I think he's a little bit more okay with it once he realizes she didn't sneak out of the house, right? She basically told them, yeah, I'll do what yeah. I want to do, go fuck off. And that's what he said all along it was like, either do it or don't. Stop, stop lying and sneaking around. Either, either yeah, tell I... them or don't tell them. I think in this scene, though, in the closing moments, like it's really now sinking in for him how just head over heels she truly is mm -hmm. for Dylan. And it's like it's not that he he doesn't love her, but it's it's well, sort of oh she's let me ask you this more, though. Is she maybe really is she really or well, is she more at this point obsessed with the concept? Mm -hmm of sticking mm -hmm. it to them and seeing him yeah. and not giving in. Right. Because it, it could be a little bit of both at this point where the yeah. defiance and the obsession is driven more by being prevented than actually being this obsessed with Dylan. Yeah. There's like maybe the, the thrill of it, the need to make a point, the sort of um, obsession feeding into the whole teenage defiance mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, probably a lot going on here. Um, but I, I think Dylan is maybe now it, it's finally sinking in for Dylan. I think that this is not easy for Brenda, right? As mm -hmm. much as he's just like, Oh yeah, fuck your parents stand up to them. Like that's not really who she is as a right. person. It's not who she's ever been. That's, that's taking a very big and, and bold step for her. And it's painful for her, right? This it's not all about Dylan. This is like she he's basically telling her, giving her this ultimatum, you know, it's it's them or me. And right. um she has chosen and, and he's getting that wasn't the easiest thing in the world. And maybe she's not ready for this. Because as we've mm -hmm. talked about, Dylan is a little bit more worldly, wise beyond his years, and I don't know. Brenda's a 17 year old girl and, you know, and, and behaves as such, I think. And, uh, as much as we've seen them as, as the happy couple, I don't know if they're always on the same place, the same plane maturity wise. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just took those, that, that last scene where they're both like on his couch in his craftsman bungalow, um, as just a little bit bittersweet or yeah. kind of like the calm before the storm as, as far as they're concerned. I mean, we already saw one blow up here with her parents, but I didn't take that as things are going to be okay with these two kids, right? <laughs> like not at all. Maybe that's, maybe that's some hindsight, uh, you know, trickling in. But, um, yeah, that's how I read that scene. And do we think that this is the correct house? I mean, again, the interior of Dylan's house is as we remember it. But we still haven't seen the outside of it yet, I don't think, since... I think we're there. I think I think the outside's I think, yeah, because we saw that big stone facade thing on mm -hmm. his porch. Um, but we didn't get, like, the big... We didn't get the establishing shot that we're so used right. to or going into his and they just haven't set that up yet probably <laughs> so but yeah i think we're in the right house at this point fully for dylan yeah and that's that's where i leave it all right so for me 
Jim, obviously very hurt. He's furious. His daughter lied to him. She got caught. And I think you said it. Like she came in and the fakeness that she had in that bungalow kind of explained herself. It just totally, mm-hmm. the argument outside on the beach in front of everybody was fantastic. I said it earlier, Jim should get an Emmy. I think this is probably the most like <laughs> Jim acting I have seen out of this whole show and actually puts an adult in the forefront a little bit more than we're used to. Right. But, I also, but I also agree with him because I, Jim isn't wrong in this situation. Like Brenda has totally made this happen and he has every right to be pissed off. Then we, okay, so then we go to the peach pit, and Steve can't pour the water, and I was totally shocked to see Peter Krauss walk in. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy cow, what a, what a freaking cameo that is. And then Brandon's showing the jealousy, and I thought that was amazing pettiness because, one, he doesn't really want to deal with her at work, but at the same time, when this guy who's doing, like, intern at CNN, is cooler mm-hmm. than him, he gets all jealous. So, I mean, have your cake and eat it, too, Brandon. Don't be an asshole. This uh, is always happens with him and Andrea. Yeah. It's like it. He wants nothing yeah. to do with her until she's suddenly maybe not available, and then he gets right. in his feelings about it. And then when she's available again, he wants something to do with her again. So it's just like yeah. a common like cycle. Uh, last but not least, um, here's the thing. Brenda's 17. <clears throat> Dylan is also underage at this point. I would, I would be, If I were Jim, I would be full-on calling the cops, and I, my daughter would be coming out of that damn house because for me, this is crossing the line. And I know that might sound extreme, but if my daughter is going to move out and go stay with this guy and stay in his house and she's underage, I'll be damned if I'm letting that happen. Cops will be at his door. And that's just me being old man Sean, maybe. Because this is just not okay. This is a line that has absolutely been crossed to me. And I just don't, I just don't get why they would allow that to happen. I just don't see it. And maybe that's extreme. Things were different right. back then, Sean. Uh okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to give any personal. No, I, I anything, agree. It's pretty I mean, fucked up. It's I mean, pretty I mean, fucked up. This is this is like right around the time I graduated, so I, I'm not. I've been struggling with this one a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you also think of all right, two seventeen-year-olds today. You know, just the concept of well, of living together. I guess together one went their house. Right, right, house. Yeah. right. One went to have a house. I mean, no, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I went to drive a Porsche. Hey, I'm 17. <laughs> Here's my house. <laughs> what are we doing? I love this show so much. It's so great. <laughs> all right. We're at the Peach Pit. Brandon's still trolling Steve. He's cleaning tables, getting refills. Nat's all over him. Uh, wants to help with some eggs. Nat goes, grabs Brandon. He wants to talk alone. He says he can't deal with Steve anymore. It's not working. Brandon's like trying not to break out smiling. Uh, he tells Nat, just tell him the truth. And Nat says he can't figure out why does Steve even want this job? He's like he has something to prove. And Brandon says, well, maybe he deserves another chance then. Nat says he's trying, but they hear uh, then hear a huge crash in the back, uh, which is obviously the eggs. Nat scurries back and says to be more careful, and Brandon makes a joke about an omelet. Uh, so you can know Brandon softens a little bit. His buddy, um, you know, he's, he's trying to win his bet. He's trying to bust up his buddy. But he then realizes, as Nat says that, that, all right, well, this really maybe does mean a lot for Steve trying to prove a point. Maybe I should, should give him a break here. Uh, Dylan's asking Brenda what she told her parents. She said she just left without talking. Jim shows up and Brenda says she doesn't want to see him and not to make her go back. Jim demands Dylan let him in the house. Brenda goes into the bedroom and Dylan opens the door. Jim says it's too bad and Brenda has to come out. Dylan says he can't do that. Brenda comes out. She says she's not leaving. He demands that she come home. Brenda says, not until you accept that Dylan is in my life. Jim says they can talk at home. 
Uh, Brenda smartly does not take that offer. She says, no, not good enough. Jim says, you won't leave without Brenda. And Dylan says, look, that's between you. This is my house, and I have to ask you to leave. Jim storms in the house. He demands Brenda come out. Nothing happens. And Dylan says, what are you going to do? Drag her out kicking and screaming? And I think that wakes Jim up a little bit. It's a good line. He kind of comes, snaps out of his funk and says, whatever this has come to, Dylan, it has not come to that. And he leaves. So I liked that line by Dylan. I think it kind of, you know, got, got the Jim out of the trance. We go to the peach pit. Steve leaves the back room. He's out of his uniform. He's sad. Brandon trolls him. Steve pays him on the bet and says, Brandon won, but don't rub it in. Brandon takes the cash and laughs. Steve says he's not cut out for this stuff. And Brandon says, Steve, you may be a lousy waiter, but you're a damn good customer. And tomorrow at the beach club, I'll be waiting on you and the world will be as it should. And they walk off laughing about uh, things returning to order. Uh, we're at the Taylor home. David goes into Kelly's room to talk about dropping Donna off. They saw her parents banging in the living room and the divorce is off. So that gets tightly uh, ended there. I thought there was a little bit of a sweeping under the rug. Yeah, a little bit of a lame out. I guess they realized they didn't need like a divorce angle going on right now. So I don't know. That that was a little weak. Um, Kelly says Donna's out of excuses. And David says, yep, she's going to go to Paris and he'll miss both of them while they're gone. Jackie comes in. She says her water broke. David says we can't get a plumber at this time. Uh, Mel is stuck in traffic. Kelly takes control to get things moving. We go to Casa Wall. Shindy's in tears. Doesn't want to lose Brenda. Jim says they'll figure it out. Brandon comes in and says, hey, what's going on? Where's Bren? Uh, they smarten her up as to what happened. Brandon says, what's the plan? And Jim says, do you have any ideas? And Brandon says, well, look, I didn't want to get involved, but you need to look at this very differently. Your problems with Dylan don't have much to do with Dylan. Mm. And Jim and Cindy seem mm. to be shook. And Brandon says, mm. what I've basically been saying uh, mm. is that, you know, Jim and Cindy should be looking at Dylan as part of the solution to this and use it that way versus causing more of a rift and their problems really with Brenda and her behavior. Uh, we go to Dylan's house. Brenda's spaced out. Dylan talks to her, says she can't sleep with Dylan tonight because she'll lie there in his picture. Her parents, she can't escape them. Dylan says he can sleep on the couch and not to worry about it. They say, I love you. Brenda heads to bed, but Dylan clearly is still kind of done with this. Um, he, I don't think he really wants her there in, under the circumstance. And now she's basically like, I can't even lay in bed with you because also I think I was my parents. So he's like, you know, she's clearly not doing any favors for their relationship with all of this behavior, even though she thinks she's saving it. So they're in trouble. Uh, maybe Jim and Cindy are going to have a different perspective after talking to Brandon and Sean, but we'll see. Uh, so any thoughts on the, the last handful of episode, uh, seats here in this episode? No, I would just say, you know, okay, so they tidy up the story of the episode or the side story with uh, Brandon and Steve. So they kind of let that go. You already brought up how they swept under the rug, the divorce story. Get that out of the way real quick. Um, I'd still go back to if my daughter were in that house. And then, you know, I did like what Dylan, how Dylan said it to him. I was like, hey, what are you going to do? You know, and then he said, no, we're not coming to that yet. And I, so that was cool. Ultimately, what I discovered in this show tonight is parents are stupid and you're going to listen to your teenage son tell you because you need to get his advice to figure out what to do. And Brandon made total sense of what he said. And JT, you actually made a believer out of me too. So maybe I'm that older parent that's an idiot too. Is, yeah, it's not that they're an idiot. Yeah. They're just blind, right? They're no, blind. Well, yeah, guy. I guess. Yeah. But, but to your point, 
like even when Brandon said it, your problem's not with Dylan. And then you go back and you think about the whole thing that's happened over the last two episodes mm-hmm. of this show. It's a hundred percent Brenda. And yes. I love how the spin of us, Hey, we should probably use Dylan as a solution, not the problem. I think that was kind of a nice little way to kind of tidy that up a little bit. So, right. But I, I just think it's right. funny that if you have Brandon's like the voice of God, that just cracks me up. But well, always, stuff. yeah, always. But good they're, stuff, they're definitely missing an opportunity yes. to, to use Dylan to rein Brenda in. Like I said, like say yeah. you can see each other, but put parameters, right? Be a little bit more tight, but by by driving them apart, you're just making it worse. Yeah, right? it so. makes total sense in that when you when you think through what you just said, it makes total 100 sense. Yeah, well, and I think I've kind of said my my piece on the Dylan and Brenda situation, but um, I it's almost like in Brenda's mind, she she thinks she's dating like this bad boy, right? Like, oh, right. he's the rebel, and that's why. It's causing, it's making all these waves in my family because my dad just doesn't get it, and he thinks like I'm dating this this uh, this real asshole, and it's like, and that's just not who Dylan is, and never has been on this show. Mm-hmm. Even though I think that's also maybe his perception from people who, by people who haven't really watched the show on a regular basis, that right. oh yeah, he was he was the bad boy, and it's like, no, I mean he's like a pretty sensitive loving guy um who yeah is in a lot of ways cut from a different cloth as the other characters but he's not really the the James Dean <laughs> rebel without a cause that people sort of think of him as I, I feel like right. and maybe that's in some way the idea of of what Brenda is attracted to um and and maybe that's you know bleeding over into how Jim perceives him as well, but um, realistically, that he needs to take Dylan on his own terms, right? And look at this as um, Brenda is kind of spiraling right now, and that's not doing anyone in this family any good, nor is it doing Dylan any good right now. And uh, yeah, Brandon makes a good point here. As uh, his parents uh, solicit their teenage son for advice, <laughs> what to do and how to handle this situation. Um, so yeah, I, good stuff here. Just good character moments all around. Um, and, and as this arc uh, just continues to play out, the Steve uh, part-time job deal at the Peach Fit. I, I don't know. Um, it's nice, I guess, that t- Steve takes it all in stride. Like, he's not very good at this job, clearly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's not getting down on himself. He's not all, I just couldn't hack it, Brent. You know, um, he's, you know, disappointed when uh, it seems like <laughs> Nat is going to let him go. But, I don't know. I guess Matt Nat is going to take this one on the chin for <laughs> Steve's sake because he seems to really need it. We'll, we'll see right. where that goes. Um Donna going to Paris after all, uh, which you would think would be a little bit, I don't know, um, would cause a little conflict in her relationship with David, but he seems very on board and encouraging. Well, we'll put a pin in that one as well mm-hmm. uh, for the time being. This trip so, is going to cause a lot of problems. Yes, it is. So uh, we're, um, I like how we're, we're, setting up the dominoes here to to knock them down in a big way 
as this uh, summer season plays out. All right. All right, let's get to our awards here, uh, and then we'll do our rankings, etc. So, uh, best scene, I, I went with the whole Jim and Cindy catch Brenda, and then they argue, like that that whole stretch right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was good. I really liked the uh, Jim and Dylan thing uh, with the, mm-hmm. the whole the whole school conversation. And that, yeah, oh, that, that was good, that too. Was, that was really good, too, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to give it to the Beach Club blow-up, personally. Most important scene, I just, in mind, it's kind of less of a scene and more of a theme, but it's Dylan wavering on this whole thing. Like, it's yeah, in yeah. every scene between them, pretty much. Right? You can see in his eyes and his manner. It is great acting by um, Luke, uh, Luke Perry. In that, yeah. you can tell he uh, is telling the story through his his reactions constantly at every scene with Brenda that he's just, he's exhausted by this. He's done yeah. with it, and he keeps trying to say it without saying it, right? But he keeps hinting at it that, like, if you keep this shit up, I'm out. Like, I can't do yeah. it anymore. Is this really and worth it anymore? Yeah. He's trying a hundred different ways to get her to see it, you know? So. Yep, yep. And she just keeps pushing, keeps pushing, forcing something, and it's it's driving him away. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that the scene of, of the two of them after kind of the dust has settled, Jim has left and they're just like on the couch and she's like, um, going to bed. And he's just, he's this there by himself. And there's nothing worse than, um, you know, uh, being lonely when you're with someone. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's kind of seems like what he's feeling right now. They are, um, not really on the same page being under the same roof, not what he wanted. And, uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty important, I think, for the future of this show. Yeah, and Luke Perry, to your point, uh, the body language tells and his facials say more than any words he says. He's really good mm-hmm. in this episode, for sure. I agree. All right, most 90s look. I know you mentioned a few, Sean. <laughs> uh, but I, I went with Andrea's Beach Club. Um, oh, the hat, like, yeah, the hat, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. uniform, like yeah. it was so 90s, like the shorts, the high shorts, uh, the hat with the bill pointed up. I gotta go with Jim's outfit at the club with the whole uh plaid yeah, of yeah. colors. I gotta go with that shirt for sure. For me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree and say Jim also, just because I don't think he wins that award uh very often, <laughs> but it's that was a very on. loud, very loud <laughs> yeah. shirt that he had at the beach, yes. All right, most 90s moment, I went with uh, going to see Batman Returns. <laughs> I feel very nice. Uh, no doubt about it. 100%. 100%. I was going to say that or the reference to the riots, but I'm going to go with Batman. Sure. Yeah, Batman. Yeah. Uh, best lesson learned. I went with read the room, Brenda. Just read the room. <laughs> like, look at how everyone is reacting to what you're doing. She is completely blinded, like full blinders on. She's not mm. understanding Jim's point of view. She's not listening to Brandon's warnings of advice. She's not realizing how aggravated Kelly and Donna are. And most of all, she is not reading the signs that Dylan is throwing directly in her face constantly that he is like at the end of his rope with all this bullshit and she needs to stop yep. with the stupid decisions. She's a self-centered bitch. Uh, my runner-up would be, uh, my runner-up would be, lesson learned would be Brandon at the end basically telling her parents, hey, this is your problem, not Dylan. I, that was a good. I, right. I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson in that. So that was probably <laughs> for me, to be honest. It's a great line. It was a great. Yeah, line. yeah. I will. My one question is that he says I was trying not to get involved, but like 
I feel like we're past that point, Brandon. If you have this wisdom, oh, yeah. let's throw it out sooner. But I guess maybe in his defense, Jim didn't seem open to it till now. So uh, he's just he trying to see, he's just trying to save face and look good. That's what he's doing. That's what he does. All right, best hookup. Uh, even though it's a lot oh. of tumultuousness, I still went with Dylan and Brenda in the shower. Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah. The yeah. makeout, the makeout in the shower is absolutely iconic. Amazing. <laughs> While your parents right. look old. <laughs> <laughs> I only had one best quote. Uh, that was, can you imagine being a junior again by Steve, which is just a, a great line. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, that's tremendous. Uh, did I have any that I wrote down here? Let's see. Uh, I, like, I, I, I like Jim's school line. That still thinks happening. I'm kind of like a fucking conversation uh, right there. I like that. Yeah, it was school this uh, I did single out. You mentioned it, JT. Jim's just... It's so just so spiteful. I should have had Dylan charged with kidnapping when he took Brendan. Yeah, down. Was, uh, then he got jail with his father. father. Yeah, yeah, with his dad. Yeah, it was good too. The uh, and uh, by the way, along those lines, I think I messed up the Sopranos. Line. I think it was Veal Parm. I think I said Chicken Parm earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Veal Parm. Um, all right, final grade. Uh, we're on a hot streak. So he, oh. my last three grades coming into this were ten, eight, ten. And I'm going to keep the pattern going with an 8 out of 10 for this one. So okay. I went 10-8, 10-8 um, on the last four. So we're in a strong run. Yeah. I thought the Steve storyline is a little weak. I, I mean, I like Brandon messing with him. But, like, again, we have the Henry thing where he he drops the riots and, and his awful home life. We never see him again. Uh, so, like, and, the, and I didn't I did not like the Felice and John, you know, banging on the couch. And now they're good. Um <laughs> That was a bit much too. Like the way David just throws it out there. Like, wh why couldn't we have saved that for like the beginning of next episode or something? So, with right. that said, yeah. everything else is fantastic. So it's a great episode. But that's the stuff that kept it for being like a ten for me. No, that makes sense. Um, I think eight sounds just right for me too, and mainly that's because as as strong as the the a plot is, and and all the the uh, characters involved in that. It is a little bit lacking um, in terms of the the subplots. Like, I don't really care about Andrea and the stupid kids and Steve and his job is like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, Dave and Donna really have nothing going on here. Mm -hmm. So, and even, well, even the Kelly, whole Jackie who, thing is off to the side. Yeah, I mean, that's right. a yeah, like comes afterthought. Yeah, I heard she's fucking going into labor and it's just yeah. like, oh, we got two minutes to wrap this up kind of thing. Um, Perhaps if if yours if, if folks had been watching uh, Melrose Place as well on this same night that Jenny Garth might have had a better night um, since she does appear pulls double duty on uh, that show as well. But um, as it stands in this episode, not much going on for Kelly, nope. which is a shame. Um, but don't worry, that uh, will change in due course. Yeah, I would, I would go eight too. I was thinking higher, but you guys brought up a lot of the subplots that really we don't care about. Uh, I, this is huge setup, and again, we're not going to foretell the future here. But the whole mentions of you had multiple Paris drops tonight, which I don't think we really, yeah. and that sheds a lot of light on what's to come. So knowing what's to come and that happening was pretty cool for me too. But I'll go with an eight. I agree with you guys. All right, uh, character debuts. We had Mrs. Goldberg, then Jason, Jeffrey, and Justin. <laughs> Um, oh wait! No. I don't know if we ever see them again, but <laughs> what, what, never was know. Peter, what was Peter Krause's guy's name again? Uh, and Jay Thurman. We got Jay Thurman. Uh, and Jay, Jay Thurman, Thurman. Thurman. Yeah. Jay Thurman, just for the name yeah. alone. 
Well, I think we see him again too. I don't think he's gone. Oh, okay. um, got it. Yeah, I think he stays around at least for the these couple of summer episodes. Mm. Uh, relationships at uh, the Martins who are getting it onto the couch, and then Andre and Jay Thurman. Uh, I think the only place or thing we debuted was Cabana Thirty Three at uh, the Beach Brothers, <laughs> right? The yes. Yeah. I think yes. that's it. I don't think we had any of the new places. Um. And it's already all right. shot to high on my list of favorite locations. Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, all right, songs. We had Summertime Blues by Eddie Cochran. That's when Steve is uh, and Brandon are talking about the summer. Working in a Coal Mine by Lee Dorsey as Steve is working at the Peach Pit. And 98.6 Degrees by Keith. Uh, that's when Steve is waiting tables and Jay's there and all that shit. Um, all right, let's get to our rankings. Uh, I'm dropping three from the list from season two because they're they're Emily, Scott, and uh, Iris, I don't believe is. I don't know if she's in the season at all. I don't think so. But if she is, it's middle. Uh, at most, maybe graduation. Like I don't know. Yeah, so whatever. So she's out. Um, so that drops us to uh, 16 total characters as of now. I'm sure we'll add. I'm not going to put Jay Thurman on. Uh, knock up a Jake on, so we'll see if anyone else of substance pops up. Yeah, no, there's no reason to include Jake yeah. Hanson. He's, he's I think we have at least, and I think we have one teacher that's going to be a regular, but we'll add him when we get there. Yes, um, uh-huh. for sure. All right, so uh, I had Mrs. Teasley. Uh, well, Mel and Felice were not in the episode, so they're at the bottom. Um, Mrs. Teasley, I gave three points. Jackie, then Nat. So those are the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I stacked David, Donna, Kelly, Andrea. That's from worst to best in that order. Any issues with that? No, not on my end. No, not a bit. Okay. That's, yeah, hard to argue against that. All right. So uh, I, I my number one is Jim. Are you guys good with that? Oh, 1,000%. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I had Dylan next. Yes. Sure. Agreed. Yep. Okay. And now the debate to me is Brenda versus Cindy. Uh, well, okay. So... This episode made me hate Brenda probably for the rest oh, of the Oh, I forgot Henry, show. too. I forgot Henry uh, real quick. And Henry Thomas. Would you have, Henry, Henry Thomas. Would you have him above, above Nat? Henry, would you like yes. better than Nat? Yes, I would have him yes. above Nat. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, I would probably put Brenda at number three just for the simple fact that the last two episodes of this show have made me hate her, and I will hate her for the continuous run that she is on at this point. <laughs> She's my number three. Yeah. I, it, she is a very, very, very strong presence here. I mean, she's driving everything. She, she Shannon Doherty's putting in some great acting mm-hmm. as well. Um, is it acting? Not this. It's real life. Real life Shannon Doherty. From what re, uh, this is real life Shannon. <laughs> Shannon <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, it, so, were were you the author behind the uh, um, Shannon Doherty or Brenda Walsh must die newsletter? From uh, I mean, she's got a good trend. If you watch every show she's on, it all ends the same. But that's just you know. It's just who she is. Yeah. Well. But no, I like. I, I like no, her. I, I like her. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's a theme with her that we'll see through the rest of this show. That's all. As far yeah. as our character. Well. Yeah. I'm trying to keep an open mind about characters and episodes that I've only kind of seen one time around. Uh, and I understand that could be totally proven wrong. I'm just going based on prior views of the show a long time ago. Right. But yeah, I could be totally wrong. All that is to say, I like her for number three. Okay. All right. So then I'd go Cindy, Brandon, Steve to fill those last spots. Are you good with that? Or would you I don't have, know. I, I would, would probably have Brandon above Cindy. 
I would just because of that final scene where he basically just told him to get their shit together and think differently. That stood out for me big time because he kind of right. funneled it all up for me. Yeah. <laughs> would you have Cindy above Steve? Yeah. Yes, because she's a she's a player in the main storyline. Right. Right. And yeah. she was really good in that scene yeah. at the at the cabana. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. All right, Tim. You want to tell us uh, where you can find anything to do with Natato and Noso? Yeah, anything to do with 902 and Noso. Well, in addition to this feed, which I hope you're all subscribed to, uh, you can find us on your preferred po- podcatcher app, whatever you happen to be listening to podcasts on. Plus, that, press that subscribe button so you'll continue getting episodes of this show. Leave us a review as well. That certainly helps our numbers. Uh, but outside of the podcast itself, we do have a Facebook community. It is called... 90210, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, public group, uh, membership now in the 300s I'm seeing. Pretty healthy there. I uh, want to get back into that, interacting with some folks, because uh, some good engagement going on there. A lot of fun. Um, I'm looking at a picture right now that was posted uh, as of this recording uh, from earlier in January of a very elderly looking Jason Priestley. <laughs> I hate to say, but anyway, look, it's not the nineties anymore. These people do age. Uh, for the most part, they're fairly well preserved. Not, not everyone photographs that well. Uh, if you're not a Facebook person, we also have an Instagram account. It is 9021. No. So podcast, all one word. It's our Instagram account. Check us out there. Find uh, some amazing screen caps from uh, our last several episodes that we've covered. So if you want to talk about uh, any of those episodes in particular, uh, drop us a line. Leave us some comments there, and we'll get to it. Um, All right. Sean, as our guest, would you like to promote anything while I'm thinking about it? I mean, yeah. So related. No, no, no. So I have two wrestling shows that I do here on... Uh, well, I do on North-South Connection. So we have uh, Linking Up Luchas, where we're going through the journey of Lucha Underground. That's a fun show. And I do one uh, called Territorial, where we kind of go back through some of the history of, you know, the territories, matches, feuds, things like that. So they're literally about one hour to 90 minutes tops. And we go through just one thing in a moment of time uh, during the Wrestling Territory Day. So that was a lot of fun, too. And then I might guess appear in a few over on Place to Be Nation, but I haven't done that in a while. But those are my two primaries. All right, very good. Excellent. All right, so here's what we got. All right, for this episode, Felice and Mel with zeros and Mrs. Teasley, Jackie, Nat, Henry, David, Donna, Kelly, Andrea, Steve, Cindy, Brandon, Brenda, Dylan, and Jim. Uh, so that's the same as our season three as of now. Obviously, only one episode in, so that, that holds. Mm-hmm. Here's our all-time character rankings. Uh, this is all 51 episodes. Mrs. Teasley's in last with nine points. Iris McKay with 16 points, Felice Martin at 30 points, Henry Thomas at 53 points, Mel Silver at 80 points, Emily Valentine at 94 points, Jackie Taylor at 10. I'm sorry, uh, Scott Scanlon forever entrenched at 102. We have Jackie Taylor at 103, Nat Basuccio 198, Donna Martin 373, David Silver 414, Andre Zuckerman 438. Cindy Walsh 458, Jim Walsh at 479, Kelly Taylor at 498, 
right on the heels of Steve Sanders at 5.02. Dylan McKay at 5.42. And then Brenda Walsh continues to gain on Brandon. She's at 6.45. Brandon at 6.49. Brenda has made up a lot of ground on the back end of season two. Um, Brandon was was really running away with this one for a while. So so there's your full all-time rankings. We'll continue to track as we move through season three. We'll be back in three weeks with episode two. Look forward to that. Be sure to spread the word. If you know someone that loves 90210, be sure to get this out in front of them and uh, share the love. Leave us some comments and likes. It all goes a long way uh, with us keeping this going and, and continuing to get the love from all of you. So we appreciate it. A little dim sum, a little dem sum. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Lord, I'm so tired. How long can this go on? Dad, I working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to slip down. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm already up and gone. Lord, I'm so tired. How long can this go on? Daddy, Daddy working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to slip down. Cause I make a little money, hauling coal by the ton. But when Saturday rolls around, I'm too tired for having fun. Too tired for having I'm just working in a coal mine. Going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine. Whoop, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine. Going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine. Whoop, about to slip down. <laughs>